this has been on and off. I've had a neck pain, you guys. Um, and I know it's stupid to complain, but sometimes it's just frustrating. Also, um, my dad told me about a fun new way he got rid of pain in his neck. And I was like, cool, dad. What'd he do? Um, What's the secret, Tom? Stem cells. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Dead babies. And then... It They're not. Away. That is not what stem cells that are. It really is not what stem cells are. I was trying to be funny, and it ended up just being stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> Nothing not different from my everyday life. That's never happened to me, so I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> You had me at... Hell no. Hello and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And thank you for joining us. Once again, if you're new... Welcome to the insanity. If you're returning, welcome back to the insanity. We're so glad to have you. Truly, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and on our podcast, we we dive into romance movies and the romance genre, and really explore why we love a genre that hates us so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, why a, a genre that is often marketed towards women fucking hates women really it does it hates women and also the queer community and people of color Mm -hmm. and so we are just deep diving into the insanity with more insanity Mm -hmm. to to try and pick apart what is so appealing about this Mm -hmm. and also to figure it out because it's not a genre mel and i are particularly drawn to oh no um, no, no. Mel, what do you watch to chill out, to turn your brain off? To turn my brain off, I watch horror. Mm-hmm. I'm gearing up to watch Killer Clowns in Outer Space. Mm-mm. Normally, I'd be down, but I hate clowns. I, it's a, it's going to be a no for me. And that's abs- okay. Absolute I, no, thank you. That's okay. I mean, it's not for everyone. Um, but I love spooky shit. Allie, what do you watch to wind Ooh, down? Uh, I love a corny or cheesy action flick. I also, within that, I love a heist film. I love things where um, friendship is uh, there. There's a crime happening, but it's in the name of friendship, um, like honor among thieves kind of thing. A little bit. Like I was very anxious about uh, during like election week, um, and I was like, okay, don't look at the news because you're just gonna freak yourself out. Um, and I I distracted myself by watching The Town. All three Ocean's Eleven movies. Oh, wow. And Drive. That's a lot. The town is essentially Ben Affleck's thesis that he is hotter than John Hamm. That's f- categorically false. Yeah, the the movie is John still, Hamm doesn't wear underwear. What do you do, Ben Affleck? He um, directs movies where he hires two female leads and he has them do a sex scene with him. Each of them. Both of them. In the same movie. Ew. Yeah. He directed right. himself in a sex scene, and also in that movie, he... Here's the thing. Is that Gone Girl that you're talking about? No. Oh, I haven't seen it. The Town, which is actually a very good heist movie. It's a very good heist movie that also is trying to make John Hamm look unfuckable. <laughs> and sorry, you guys. Uh, <laughs> Can't be done. Can't be done. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're Sisyphus pushing uh, a boulder up a hill. Can't ooh, be done. Sisyphus, uh, <laughs> we want to fuck John Hamm. Um, I do not. <laughs> I, I, yes. 
John Hamm. Anyway, we're not talking about either of those today. Um, no, no, we're not. Today we will be discussing the mid '90s classic, mm-hmm. "My Best Friend's Wedding." Ooh, we love it. It's um, got Julia Roberts, Dermot Mulroney. But before we go into it, we have someone with us who is not as versed in film. A as very we special are. someone. We love this guy. The most specialist. Okay, our sound engineer, Tiffer. Wow. Hi, Allie. Hi, Mel. Hey, Hi. Tiff. How are you? Hey, Bud. Feeling very special. You Thank you. Are good. Bud. Um. So, I know Mel mentioned that his Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney. Have you seen My Best Friend's Wedding? Like most mid-90s classics, I have not. Okay, what would you guess it's about? Based only on the title. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a love triangle in it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's... They're Mm -hmm. they're, the best friend and the protagonist are obviously meant to be together. They go way back. They, like, went to college together. Maybe they tried it for a while and it didn't work out. And now they're just, you know, moving on and being adults about it. (laughs) But sometimes you just can't stop love. Wow. Damn. That's, Damn. that's the closest guess that you've had so oh far. Oh, my God. Great job. Just straight off the dome. Didn't even read Wikipedia for that. One. That was so good. Great job. This has been Tiffer's Pop Culture Osmosis. Boop, 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 boop. All right. Well, Tiffer kind of nailed it. Kind of, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, this movie... It, it does involve a love triangle. Mm-hmm. It does involve the protagonist and the person getting married, mm-hmm. having had an affair with each other and it not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, boy. It's a jewel. We have a rom-com podcast. And I know we watch dramas and such, but we have a romance movie podcast. This is our first dip into the Julia Roberts pond, oh, bitch. Oh, oh, God. Julia! She's... Julia Roberts is a phenomenal actress. We love her. She is so talented and so beautiful. Yeah, she is. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Dermot Mulroney is in this. He plays her best friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other notable actors, Cameron Diaz. Mm -hmm. See, okay, we talked some shit about Cameron in The Holiday. We did. But that was because of The Holiday. This is a movie where she is utilized correctly and is great. She's, honestly, I don't think Cameron is a bad actress, but I think that her strength is specifically in this kind of role Mm -hmm. and also Charlie's Angels and Shrek. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think she has really good comedic timing. I think she's a a phenomenal comedic actress. I think she's pretty good, yeah. Um, I do appreciate that she challenges herself with other roles. The Holiday just didn't do it for me. But in this movie, she's actually... Oh my God, she's so good at that. Very endearing. Also, Rupert Everett. Rupert! Forget about it. Forget about it. Rupert Everett. See, we brought it back. We We didn't think we'd bring it back. We brought it back because we remember. (laughs) We remember that. (laughs) That one joke. That. But yeah, okay. So Julia Roberts plays a food critic. 27 years old. Yeah, yeah. 27. Has recently been on a book tour. Which means that she's written and published a successful book. Mm Mm-hmm. And she is friends with her editor, played by Rupert Everett. And they're very close friends. Mm -hmm. And the film begins with uh, restaurant staff at a fancy restaurant Mm -hmm. frantically Mm -hmm. putting together a ticket for a very important table. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a funny moment where one of the chefs goes like, if you get this wrong, I will murder your whole family. Yeah, I I thought that was pretty funny. I liked it too. And uh, she's like, "I'm I'm saying that it is... What is it? Inventive. And confident. <laughs> Which is... Uh, and I, I still could not tell you what that food item was. It was some sort of 
was it meat and it then was, some moose or it, something? It may have been beef carpaccio. I don't fully understand Ex- what carpaccio Ex- is. Excuse? Okay. I was but it, be it like, sounds carpaccio? fancy. It sounds fancy. Ooh. Therefore, that might be what it was. Car- I don't, honestly don't know. Carpaccio, is he single? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because he's Italian? I'm, I'm, wow. Um, so yes. Yeah, so Tell she- us about how you're Italian. Hey. Are you Italian? I'm half. Um, so so they have this this very delightful opening and then we get exposition mm -hmm. julia roberts is talking to rupert everett her character's name is jules and his character's name is george Mm -hmm. he she he's like oh tell me about all the hot goss about guys you've been seeing and she says i haven't been seeing anyone and then decides oh i'm gonna check my messages pulls out a giant cell phone from 97 because it's like 97 yeah and she um, can check her messages on her machine at home mm-hmm. and she has a message from michael played by dermot mulroney mm-hmm. the message is like hey i really need to talk to you it's really urgent and important as soon as you get this message call me i'm staying at the drake hotel in chicago mm-hmm. And so then we get exposition about her relationship with Michael. And they were together. They dated briefly in college. For like a month or so. And she was like, she's like, so I ended it. Because I was like, no, thank you. But it's also the way she gives that speech. mm -hmm. I don't know if you uh, thought the same thing. Maybe I did. I've also seen this movie a million times. Mm -hmm. But the language that she's written to use sounds like she has told the story about how she and Michael became best friends very many times I would because agree. she says we had one hot month and then I got the nerve to break his heart. Mm-hmm. And so the story goes, she, you know, couldn't commit whatever the reason was. They were 19 years old at college together. Yeah. And uh, breaks up with him and he gets upset and he goes, well, I respect your decision, but I'm upset because you're the best friend that I've ever had. And then they, both and I don't want to lose emo- that. Yeah. And so they get emotional, they get emotional and, they decide they're going to stay friends, but they make a pact that if neither one of them is married by the time they are 28, they will marry each other. And, and they realize that, and then Rupert's like, oh, 28, aren't you turning 28 in like a couple of weeks? And she's like, she's like, yeah, it's not a big deal, whatever. Not Don't a big deal. And he's it. like, do you think that's what it is? And so she starts thinking about it like, oh my God, Michael and I are going to get married. Michael's going to ask me to get married. So she goes home to her apartment. She calls him. Mm-hmm. And and she's also ready to be like. I, I accept. Think, no, she's ready to be like, I don't think we should get married. She's like being weird about it. Well, she's, as we come to find, she is consistently the type of person who, when sexuality and intimacy are together in a relationship with someone, she pushes that person away. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason she's so close with George is because she can have intimacy without sexuality or commitment. Because he's gay. Right. Mm-hmm. So this she... This is also, sorry, we'll get to this later in the movie and there are many examples of this, but this is a classic rom-com example of here is a gay man. This gay man, whether he has the his own life or whatever, his whole role is to be a caretaker to the straight female protagonist. Yes. Uh, he, the quintessential gay best friend. Yeah, he is, he, she can have all the intimacy, all that he is beholden to her and all the ways that maybe a lover or some other kind of deep person is close to her, but they will never have sex. And he... And what is he getting out of it? Now, well, we are, it's, it's that he 
she gets all of the emotional benefits of that friendship. And it's not saying that gay men and straight women can't have close, intimate friendships. We all do. But the problem with their relationship is that she doesn't reciprocate that caretaking. Yes, exactly. Also, he's her editor. That's technically he's her boss. Huge conflict of interest, but entirely. I mean, this is also mid '90s, so I believe this was Clinton era USA. Oh, so we were debt free and also still terrible to women. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So anyway, she's talking on the phone with Michael. She's like, "Hey, um, do you uh, remember that night when we said we would get married when we were 28?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think about it all the time." I'm getting married to someone else. It's in four days. I need you to come be in the wedding. Mm-hmm. Which is like, first of all, what the fuck? What the fuck? And they four set days. it up. They set it up that like, he's like, I've been trying to get in touch with you for months. And she's like, I was on a book tour. Mm-hmm. But also clearly she can check her messages from her cell phone. Mm-hmm. So either he wasn't trying to get in touch with her or she was dodging his calls. Yeah. And so she decides to go be in the wedding and, and as she's going George is there keeping her together and she's like frantically smoking a cigarette being like I have to break up I have four days to break this up the wedding this movie is full of her frantically talking about like like manic like I don't understand this what is wrong with him smoking wearing phenomenal sunglasses with big curly hair and let me tell you she looks great that is what I want from a 90s movie and she's very much the type of, uh, she's not like other girls. Yeah, they're like. They ugh. set it up that way. Like, yeah. oh my God, she hates wearing pink. Mm-hmm. She's not like other girls. She swears and uses potty language and smokes cigarettes. She likes sports and she's not into romance. Yeah. <laughs> not like other girls. Not like other girls. Um, so, <laughs> so she gets to Chicago and the way that, sh- that she and Dermot, Mulroney greet each other. I don't like this dude. You hate Sorry. him. Who, who? How did he hurt you? What did he do to you? I don't know. I've I, okay. This is another example. Is this of, just that you hate the actor or the character? Because the character, I get. I definitely hate the character. But, but sweet am, Dermot didn't do anything to I us. I am very wary of Dermot Mulroney, and I think a big part of it is because I'm certain I had to hear a lot about how he was handsome in the '90s from all the women in my life. And I'm like, this fucking dude thinks he can come into our house and pull one over on my mom, on my aunts. This guy. <laughs> I also had similar feelings about Kurt Russell for a long time. Wow. Um, no, not Kurt Russell. Well, because the only reference point I had for Kurt Russell was Captain Ron. And my mom would be like, ooh, Kurt Russell. And I was like, this terrifying pirate is going to take my mom away. Wow, we had very different childhoods. We did. I'm glad that you were never mad at Kurt Russell. <laughs> I mean, I was mad at other things. I, I was ce- mad. Celebrities weren't a big part of my childhood is what I'm saying. Oh, I'm glad that you had a full... <laughs> I'm, I'm not being... I, I don't know why I'm mad. I had a nice childhood. <laughs> it's okay. It was nice. I just watched a lot of movies and TV. Fair. So anyway... We get you get weird vibes from him. That's legit. You're allowed. I hate this character. I'm sure Dermot Moroni is actually a very kind man. I really hope he is. So they greet each other, but their greeting, it's not like a best friend's greeting where you no. like hug or uh-uh. are excited. They run towards each other. She drops all of her bags, jumps on him, and he spins her around. Yeah. Meanwhile, his fiance, whose name is Kimmy, mm-hmm. is with him, played by Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. And she's just like this sweet, 
shy, demure. She is a little, junior in college. Yeah, she's 20, uh-huh. 21. Uh-huh. She goes to the University of Chicago and, you know, she's honestly, Kimmy's pretty cool. Kimmy's great. And there's a moment even when Jewel Jewel says Mm -hmm. to George, like, if I weren't trying to break her up with Michael, I would really like her. If I didn't have to hate her, I would love her. Yeah. And Kimmy, this is what pisses me off. Dermot Moroni's character is 27, 28? 27, I think. Kimmy, What's he doing dating a junior in college? Why is he dating a junior in college? Why is he making her marry him? Why are they getting married? Also, part of their plan is that she is going to drop out of college. She's not going to finish her She's senior. studying to become an architect, by the way, which yeah. is something that you kind of need a degree to you do. You kind of need a degree for it. But she's got a rich dad. Her dad owns the um, White, White Sox. Sox. Yeah. And that's how they met because Dermot is a sports, sports writer. writer. Uh, traveling sports writer. Okay, okay man. And uh, it's just—it's very. Why it's is a he dating a junior in college? It's and they play it off because like the whole thing—they're like, oh my god, aren't we so wrong for each other? But we love each other so much, and we're love like ugh, if we could just make out all the time. That'd and the thing great. is, they routinely show like all the reasons they should not get married. No, I don't. Uh, Michael is not a good dude. He is horrible. He's four days away from getting married, and he is flirting it up with Julia Roberts. Yeah, and I think also um, Kimmy makes it really clear from Uh the jump Uh when she's alone with Jules Uh that uh, she fully understands that she'll never live up to to Jules in Uh Michael's mind. And she says this line, this movie, the writing is very good. I Honestly, this movie's great. I, yeah, we'll get into my emotions about this movie because I've seen it a billion times. But she has this moment where she's, she stops the elevator when Mm -hmm. she and Jules are in it together. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of freaking out, being like, I could never live up to you because it's like you, you're his like only woman in his life for such a long time. And Jules is like pacing the elevator because she's like, why are we trapped in here? And because, so, and she's both trapped in the elevator and with. Kimmy in this conversation mm-hmm. that she makes her feel both things are making her feel claustrophobic. Very, there are times very trapped when sometimes this movie is a little uh, maybe heavy handed with metaphors, but it's I also what? Appre- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I also kind of appreciated it. I thought it was like, good because when they're trapped time. in the elevator, the camera goes to Jules's point of view. So uh-huh. like it's going like going a couple feet and then, oh, there's a wall turning. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a wall. Yeah. So, you know, it really brings you in mm-hmm. and makes you a part of the process. Yeah. But what Kimmy says that struck me is she goes, he's got you on a pedestal and me in his arms, which is like, fuck you, Kimmy. Oh, but also she's right. She's correct. She's oh. right. Also, why is Kimmy? Kimmy is also I'm super, super down to like leave her job. Not, not, not leave no job no, leave, leave college, school leave school completely change her life for this man and not even have a honeymoon that's a big point of yeah. contention in the film is that because it's baseball season he has to go travel around to cover different games mm-hmm. and she would be traveling with him yeah which is like i'm sorry you can't take time off from your shitty job for like a week to go to boca raton or something yeah. like fuck you fuck, chill the fuck out also guess what you could also do not get married right now. Oh! Guess what? You can have a wedding other times, babe. Yeah, you could wait till she graduates college yeah. and have it be a big big celebration. Wait, wait till she gets a job. And then maybe also think, oh, wait, we shouldn't get married. 
Because we're terrible for each other. Yeah, and uh, and it consistently gets brought up throughout the film that Kimmy and her dad kind of want Michael to come work for Kimmy's dad, mm-hmm. just in terms of stability. Yeah, um, and that Michael is too proud and refuses yeah. it, even though like his job is kind of shitty. Yeah, and Jules knows this, and so and, is, and uses it against them. And uses it so she'll have like girlfriend talks. Oh, also Kimmy is like, "Would you be my maid of honor?" Because my my girlfriend from college shattered her pelvis line dancing. That's what she said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, and my other two bridesmaids are my slutty cousins. Who are the shit? They are the coolest characters aside from George. They in are this the movie. best. They are the best. Honestly. One of them plays Arlene in True Blood. And the other uh, one is Rachel Griffiths. Yeah. We They're love. cool. They're dope. Um, <sighs> So, so, yeah, so continually, Jules is like, I gotta break them up. I gotta break them up. Meanwhile, so she, like, she's having these, like, little moments with Kimmy where they're, like, sort of bonding where she's like, oh, let me tell you this about Michael because I'm looking out for you. And really, she's just, like, planting ideas in Kimmy's head that she knows will piss Michael off. And it comes to a head one night when they're at dinner mm-hmm. when, because she basically hits all the buzzwords for Kimmy. She's like, he'll be settled, Mm -hmm. successful, Mm -hmm. domesticated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really not fair of her to do this, but it also highlights not only a deep fissure in the relationship, but an insecurity that I think Kimmy probably has about the decision that she's made. She she even says, she's like, what makes me feel bad is that I do want him to be settled. Yeah, I do want to finish college. I do want those things. And then she brings it up at dinner, and Michael... Uh, this was really not okay. This made Ooh. me upset. He freaks out at her. He's like, he's like, oh God, I can't believe you would say that. It's because I'm not good enough. It's all about me. When really like, no dude, it's about both of you. Like maybe you should step outside your little bubble for five seconds. These are also things you should have under control before you marry someone. Yeah. But and- part of <laughs> marriage, I'm not married. But what? I, no, he's- wouldn't it be wild if I was like, I got news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's the lucky person? Uh, Harry Styles. <gasps> I would die. We would not be a good match. She's an Aquarius. We'd be best friends, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pneumonia laugh. Back right. at it again. Right. Anyway, um, uh, keep But going. part of marriage is essentially we're kind of going into business with that person as well as building a life with them. So you should be on the same page about what you want that life to look like. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that these two are like, we'll wing it. I mean. Will you? I feel Will like you winging, wing the divorce it too? For, well, winging it is like, we don't, we should, we don't need to worry about what we do on this vacation. If we go off to it, we like, let's go to a different motel or like, we'll wing dinner. But I think what will we do career wise? Like, what's our plan is something you should maybe talk about. Yeah, and I think also dovetailing off of that, Allie, the mm-hmm. expectation that she's the one who has to drop everything yes. is not only unfair, but also sexist. It's incredibly sexist. And he gaslights her. because what? Cause at she dinner, keeps, in front of Jules. He, like, screams at her, and she is sobbing, crying. And, and he gets up to leave. It's really pathetic. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, don't go. She's and like, you're right. It's all my fault. I'm and so it's, sorry. And we're like, no, it's not your fault. And no. you see, and Julia Roberts also has a look on her face like, oh, what did I do? Yeah. Because it's not Kimmy's fault. Uh-huh. 
I also don't necessarily know if it's Michael's fault either. I think he needs to be responsible for his behavior, but I think that their relationship just doesn't work from the jump. Yeah. So it's both of them in denial, thinking that this is going to work because they're all wrong for each other. Yeah. When really, Michael and Jules deserve each other. Because they're both kind of assholes. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, also, uh, Jules knows that Kimmy hates karaoke, so she intentionally brings her to a karaoke bar and sets her up to sing, but it only, like, endears people to her. Because she tries really hard. And, and that's what all... karaoke is about. Yeah, it's if, if you're trying to show off, great job, but also, who cares? Karaoke is about selling it, and whether you're good karaoke or not. Karaoke is a state of mind. Yeah, man. Um, I love that shit. That's man, I the, when, when the COVID is done... Can we please go to karaoke? God, please. Yes, we we have That's to. That's like, I really miss that. Oh my God, I miss karaoke. Everyone gets super endeared to Kimmy because she tries her best. Mm-hmm. Can't sing a note. Yeah. Has the best time. And it's after that that she's, that Jules is like, oh, well, then I'll have her suggest Michael get a job. And then mm-hmm. that also doesn't work That out. backfires. So she leaves a frantic voicemail to George. And something I do like about this movie is even though um, Rupert Everett definitely plays gay best friend, what we're seeing is that he is always in the middle of like a very mature, adult, fully formed life. He's doing his thing, having a great time. Having wonderful dinner and parties. And she keeps interrupting working, And then she, he just keeps getting frantic phone calls from her where she's like, George, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, okay. And so he shows up at her hotel room. After she has fallen asleep wearing a face mask, Mm -hmm. uh, eating chocolates, Mm -hmm. because she can't break them up. And and he arrives on the eve of the rehearsal dinner. Yes. And uh, And honestly, I really genuinely love the the sweetness of him helping her take off her mask. Well, that's what I'm saying. They have an intimacy that she and Michael will never have Mm -hmm. because whatever sexual tension there is makes her scared of committing to him, Mm -hmm. which is like, whatever, do you. But also, you're not allowed to break up his wedding if you don't want to commit to him. Yeah. Uh, And so as Rupert Everett's there, George is like, okay, we're going to find him. You're going to tell him how you feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, He basically, it's like, like when a kindergartner like hits another kid and you're like, go say you're sorry. That's what this was. Yeah. Um, and they, so she... they see him. They're at the suit shop. He's getting his tux tailored for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And she's just sputtering, trying to say it. And she can't. And then Dermot Mulroney sees George. He's like, who's that? And she's like, it's George. He's like, what's George doing here? Yeah. And he thinks that her talking about love means that she is in love with George and she goes with it because that means she doesn't... It lets her off the hook. It lets her off the hook and also she gets to make him jealous. Right. So she she takes the immature route and George, being a faithful best friend, also goes along with it, but only because she asks him to. Yeah, and I will say it has my favorite line in the movie probably where they're like, what are you doing here? And she's like, he's like, oh, you know, I... Uh, he's uh, they're like George. What are you doing here? And she goes, um, George is just he's busy. He's been you know on a separate book tour, and um, uh, he just came in for a few hours to um, fuck me. <laughs> it was 
was very funny. And he goes, he, just like such a panic move. Yeah. Ugh. And he's like, it usually takes a few hours. Um, <laughs> and it's so good. And, yeah. And so then he gets kind of roped in and uh, Michael keeps trying to poke holes in it because he's jealous. Uh-huh. And he admits to being jealous after George goes. Uh-huh. Um, but... Kimmy and Kimmy's family are super stoked to meet him. I think they're also relieved that mm-hmm. the only woman in Michael's life has a fella. Oh, Kimmy screams and cheers and, like, hugs. Yeah, um, and, like, cool, I just, yeah. how can, I, I know this may be playing on stereotypes, but, like, at least for this character, how do y'all not know he's gay? Whoa. She screams to him and goes, oh, my God, George. He goes, ah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> and starts yeah. talking about Dion Warwick at dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is the greatest part. This yeah. is my, one of the best parts of the movie. So they're at... Like some sort of fucking crab shack. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some family bullshit restaurant it's for the rehearsal It's a fancier dinner. version of a crab shack because they have money. Yeah, but also like there's a guy playing a stand-up piano and people are like wearing bibs for crab. Mm-hmm. And crab so they're is like, messy. Okay. They're like, George, how did you and Jules meet? Mm-hmm. And the story he tells, it's just like, bro, how do you not know this dude loves dudes? Yeah. How do you not know? Um, but also that would be judgmental. Mm-hmm. So he says the story. It's actually a really funny story. He goes, we met at a mental institution uh-huh. because I was there uh, tending to someone that I knew. And Jules was there having interviewed a chef that she drove insane with a bad review. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And he's like, stay with me. He, uh-huh. get, he says, and she's here. And also, I may know this a little bit by heart because okay. of how many times I've seen it. No. He says that she was uh, there in pink. She says, there she was, a vision in pink. And Michael's like, Jules doesn't wear pink. And he went, well, this time she did. And mm-hmm. I said to myself, qu'est-ce que c'est cette vision? <laughs> also like, dude. All right. um, <laughs> he all said right. that the person he was visiting believed that he was Dionne Warwick. Uh-huh. So <laughs> then they start singing. I say a little, I prayer, say a little for prayer for you. And then it, this is very sweet. Everyone in the restaurant starts singing. And this is where I am on board for this because I love it was a reluct- fun. I, I it's fun, but also a secret thing about me that's not actually that secret, I don't think. I love a reluctant sing along. <laughs> you do. I love when someone's like, come on, and then all of a sudden everyone's like like I love it. I love it. Um it is good. I I, it was very uh, sweet. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. And it was just a family having a great time. And it's also a good, it's also well done because the whole family, the whole restaurant is singing this joyous pop song about being in love. And the whole time, Jules and Michael are solemn, like very like solemnly staring at each other. Yeah, very much subtext read between the lines. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are singing. Mm-mm. Nobody seems to notice or care. Yeah. And then they spend the day together uh-huh. after George leaves. Uh-huh. And oh, and she tells him that like she broke up with George. Yeah, it's it's just her lie after lie after lie. She's like, "Yeah, George and I were together, but I dumped him and he just can't accept it and I didn't want to embarrass him in front of you because mm-hmm. you're the one that I measure all men in my life up to." Oh which is God. like, "Shut the fuck up." Shut the fuck up. At this point, we're just irritated with her cuz it's like we know you still want to break up the wedding. You have to be honest. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it sooner rather than later. I think an interesting so, thing about this movie and part of why any of it is successful, what's kind of fascinating about it, and I think part of the reason people keep going back to it, is that Julia Roberts, America's sweethearts, the le- sweetheart, the lead, the protagonist in the movie, and I know protagonist doesn't necessarily mean they're like the hero or they're good, 
but she is at one point she says I'm the bad guy she, she is. is the villain she of the, the movie she is the antagonist 100% she yeah. is which she's is selfish she is she's selfish uh, she doesn't really care about people's feelings no or any kind of decorum mm-hmm. uh, because her motivation is purely selfish. Yes. Um, but she ends up spending the day with Michael mm-hmm. and they have a really romantic day. Oh my gosh. And she has an opportunity to tell him how she feels. That, and it's very romantic. They're on a ferry on the river. Mm-hmm. Their song is playing. Mm-hmm. And, and they even have a moment where it's like, you ever want, sometimes you want to tell someone something and the moment just passes you by and they go, yeah. And in that moment, they pass under a bridge. The moment literally passes them by. And is it heavy-handed? Sure. Yes, but, but also I was like, thank you for putting work in, you guys. It's shot. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. Um, and, and you know, it's I, also at least inappropriate. I, I, felt, I felt the emotion because you, Julia Roberts, she, she desperately wants to say something. She is so talented. And I it's not Julia that Roberts. she won't. I really got the sense that she couldn't verbalize it. Mm-hmm. And it was very frustrating because you can tell that these two people are st- still love each other very much. I don't like either of these assholes. But I know. I do find this movie fascinating yeah. and compelling to watch. And I love Julia Roberts. Um, so then the email. The em- we have to talk about the email. This shit is in... This is insane. This made me so mad. This is such an invasion about of it. privacy. It's so inappropriate. And it's, it's also cruel. not a way to show you love someone. No. So, so she's mad <sighs> because none of her plans have worked. So she um, goes to visit Kimmy's dad. Because also Kimmy's family also loves her. Um, yeah. And her, the dad's name is Walter Wallace. So mm-hmm. she goes to Walter's office. Says and, she needs to do work. He says, use my computer. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uses his email and sends an email to his boss as if it's from him. And it's also back to our favorite thing, which is people typing and saying everything yeah. they're typing. Loud typing. Loud. Dear. Dear. <laughs> I regret to inform you. Yeah. It's just so stupid. And she's, to clarify, she's sending an email to Michael's boss yes. pretending to be Walter. Yes. And in this letter is essentially saying, like, I'm asking... Uh, your help because Michael is making a decision that uh, I fear may be to his detriment and also my daughter feels the same way. He's basically like, Michael refused a job from me and I think basically it's like a weird letter where it's like asking him to fire Michael. Yes, from me and my daughter. And and she doesn't save it. Well, she saves it as a draft. In someone else's emails. Idiot. Idiot, idiot. Because it's a whole thing where she's like, I can't do this. And as she clicks exit, it says save it for later or delete. delete. Well, no, it's two things. It says send. And she, all of a sudden she goes, no, I can't send this. And then hits no. And it says delete or save it for later. And she's like, oh, I'll just come back and delete it. Excuse me, ma'am. And then uh, saves it and then leaves. And then we see after she's gone, Walter's assistant's talking to him. He's like, yeah, I have a bunch of drafts saved in my messages. Send those babies off. Mm-hmm. And so then she's trying to get back in the office the next that night. And it's like, they can't. Freaking get, out. Freaking she's like, out. I need to get in. And Michael's like, just chill. Yeah. You can get in tomorrow. She's like, you don't understand. He's like, what don't I understand? And she's like, Meep. 
mm-hmm. can't tell you. Yeah, she's like, it's a work I, I, relationship. I, I I got a work thing, and he's like, tomorrow is Sunday. Like, yeah, no one's like, gonna... tomorrow's Sunday. It's my wedding. No one's gonna be mad at you if you don't send one work email. Yeah, and so which is true. They go back to the hotel, his hotel, his hotel, and he gets a letter from his boss like a fax from his boss arrived. Mm-hmm. And it's basically sending him the letter that they received. And it's like, hey, Michael, I know this is an odd time. I'm so sorry to do this, but I think you should know what you're marrying into. And so Which he reads like the, a really good boss. That's a good boss. And <laughs> Poor timing. Great he job. He freaks out. And she's like, what is it? And she's like, oh, my God, the letter got sent. And he's like, I... um. I need to call Kimmy. I need to be alone for a second. And so she goes out in the hallway and starts smoking. Also, she has put on the wedding ring. Yes, because she he asked her to hold it. Yeah, be- as like a, a seat, keep, keep safe. Safe keep? Keep safe. Safe keeping. A safe keep. <laughs> <laughs> and so she puts on the ring. Classic gag. Can't get the ring off. And so she's crying and smoking in the hallway. And then he comes back out and he's like, it's over between me and Kimmy. No, before that, guess what happens? Paul Giamatti! Yeah! Our I... baby boy, Paul Giamatti! Baby boy! We love you, Paul. Um, I forgot he was in this movie. I always forget. I'm so sorry. I also Paul. haven't watched this movie since I was like eight or Oof. nine. I watch um, this movie probably once a year. We'll get into that. Okay. Anyway, she's like, I think I'm a bad person. She well, he, is. Well, he's like... Ma'am, you can't smoke here. And she's like, <sighs> like she's he he's very sweet with her. And um then Dermot comes out and he's like, I ended it with Kimmy because she denied it. She just keeps lying to me. Ooh. And he he's uh she's like freaking out and he's like, It's over. And uh and he's like, Do you have the ring? And she's like, funny story. I couldn't take it off. I couldn't get it off. And then uh, we're back to we're back to Mel's favorite thing. He takes the ring off by putting her finger in his mouth and taking it off with his mouth. Disgusting. Why would you put someone else's finger in your mouth? I hate this character. You don't know the last time she washed that finger. You're disgusting. Hate, you disgust me. I hate this character. I thought this was inappropriate and creepy that like a second after ending his relationship where he was going to marry somebody, he was immediately putting other another woman's hand in his mouth. In another context, who's to say? No, <laughs> we will always disagree on this. I'm not saying all the time. I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't hate it. I didn't hate it. I fully hated it. <laughs> the, listen, we will never agree on this and yeah. that's okay. I think that's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway. So the next day, Jules finds out that neither Michael nor Kimmy has told anyone that they're calling off the wedding. They're still going to the brunch. And, and it's like a huge, huge, like, beautiful estate that they probably rented out. Or maybe it's theirs. I don't know. Brunch. And and Jules goes there and she's like, what is... Oh, and she shows up wearing classic. It's big Julia Roberts hair, sunglasses, smoking, crop top. Black jeans. Da- and they're like 90s mom jeans. Oh, we loved it. Every hipster looks like her today. <laughs> Kendall Jenner wishes. Truly. Okay? 
She um, goes there and she's like, Michael, I thought you said blah, 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 blah. And uh-huh. he's like, well, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to tell people it was off. So mm-hmm. we're just here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both kind of like dancing around it. Yeah. Jules ends up becoming the intermediary between both of them. Mm-hmm. Shuttling back and forth. Ugh, exhausting. Mm-hmm. And and basically, Kimmy is like, I don't know what I did, but I would do anything for him. Like, I am I would give up. I'm ready to quit school. I'm ready to do all this for him, which, which she is, shouldn't be. She shouldn't be. Also, like, that's her choice. It's her and choice. And if that's something that she wants to do without pressure from him, great. But it really feels like he pressured There's her There's a lot it. of pressure happening. <laughs> like, um, school's not really, for everybody, and I'll say oh, like if you, ding, ding, ding over exactly. Here. If you don't want to go to school, and if that's not going to help you achieve the goal you want, don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. But if you meet someone and they're like, "You have to quit school in order to be with me," no, no, stay in school. Stay in school. School's not going to wake up one day and be like, "I'm." I think it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, school's going to go on without you, whether mm-hmm. you pay or not. Mm-hmm. So the American education system is. Deeply broken. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. However, Either way, what ends up happening is Jules gets Michael alone uh-huh. and she finally tells him how she feels. She's like, you can't get back together with Kimmy because I love you and I've been in love with you mm-hmm. and I did all of these shitty things. And it she was me. Yeah. I, I'm sorry that I did them, but I did it because I love you. Don't marry her. Marry me. She literally goes, marry me. Pick me. And then let me make you happy. Even though at no point was that ever an interest for no, her. No. None of this was about she was willing to get him almost fired in order for him to possibly be with her. Yeah, to come crawling back to her essentially. Yeah. So she can be like, Oh, it's okay. You can just be with me. So then she kisses him mm-hmm. and dun dun dun. Kimmy sees. And Kimmy's like Kimmy immediately runs. Runs away. Michael then, immediately runs after Kimmy. And then um, Jules runs after Michael. And it just progresses where, like, Kimmy gets in a car and drives off. Then Michael gets in a car, drives off. And Jules is like, God, doesn't anyone? And uh, there's a great gag where she's trying to find a car to get into. And they're all locked. She's like, God, doesn't anyone trust anyone anymore? <laughs> like, yeah, was, that was pretty funny. to steal a car. And she steals, like, a delivery van. Like a bakery delivery van, yeah. yeah. She's just driving it through Chicago. And then calling George to be like, George! <laughs> and George is at a reading in a bookstore, uh-huh. and he answers his cell phone, and he gives her some real talk, yeah. which is really what your best friend should do in a time like yeah. this. And she tells him what's happened, and he goes, well, did he kiss you back? Uh-huh. And she said, what? And he's like, did he kiss you back? She mm-hmm. said, no. And he's like, okay, well, that's your answer. She's like, no, I can't stop. Yeah, he's like, I, I, no, it's over. You lost. Uh-huh. He's chasing Kimmy. You're chasing Michael. Who's chasing you, bitch? Yeah. He didn't say bitch, but it was implied. He goes, who's chasing you? But yeah, Dash like Rupert Everett. Everett. Yeah. Who's chasing you? We're not great at it. No, but just watch the movie. <laughs> watch the movie. And that kind of puts it in perspective. She finds Michael at the train station. They have a heart to heart. They both agree that she's terrible. She concedes and then says... Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you find Kimmy. This wedding is on. Yeah. She also tells yeah. him that she sent the letter and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And, but he's also like, but it is kind of amazing that you love me that much. Yeah. It's he's like, like, that's not love. Yeah. It's flattering that you love me that much. What? Wrong message, you, bud. You are correct, Allie. That's not love. That's, that's not love. That's possession. being possessive, which is a sign of emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, 
Um, if someone tried to break up my marriage by getting me fired, I wouldn't be flattered. I would try to beat them up. I'd be like, well, well, actually, maybe I wouldn't. I would be very hurt. I'd be very hurt. I also, you're not. Fight or flight. Who knows? You're not coming to the wedding. No. You think you're the maid of honor? No. You're the maid of the gutter. And I wouldn't have to do anything because to be honest, I, I, I just wouldn't spend time with you. And also I've, like, I'm fortunate enough to have people in my life who would be a nice support system for me. Yeah, me too. But yeah. I would, I would get real angry. Oh, I, I, I would also, probably do also, something irrational. Also, part of me is like, oh, I also wouldn't need to do anything because I'm certain I have like a friend or a relative who would be like, oh, whose neck we break in tonight? You know? Yeah. No yeah. necks would actually get broken. No. Um. Anyway. And so she finds Kimmy in the bathroom at the White Sox stadium. And this is a great scene. She's this is one of those scenes that will live in infamy forever. So she's like, Kimmy, 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 are you there? She's in one of the stalls crying. And then they have a fucking showdown. Uh And Kimmy's like, fuck you. He is. How don't. Try to be my friend and then try to break up my wedding. And she's like... And all the women who are in the bathroom are like, oh, there's a fight. There's girl, a fight. There's a fight. There's a girl. The girls are fighting. And uh, basically, Everyone Julia Roberts Kimmy's is side. like... Yeah. Rightfully and, so. Rightfully so. And Julia Roberts is like, I'm so sorry. Um, And then somehow she is like, he still loves you. He chose you. Let me... Yeah. She's you like, out. you won. Let me take you to him. Yeah. Because I lost and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, something that stood out to me in this fight is, again, we see this mm-hmm. theme in the mid-90s yep. of veiled what I believe to be anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Julia Roberts is Jewish, but it's this idea that She's not. non-traditional, big, curly-haired, uh, opinionated women are threatening in some way. Mm-hmm. And that women who look like Kimmy... With their short, straight, blonde hair and their mm-hmm. pastel colors with their waspy, rich family mm-hmm. uh, are deserving of love and not other women. Yeah. And one of the things she says during the fight is, I'm got, what she calls her is big haired. Yeah. And that's like, I'm on this crusade about natural hair, mm-hmm. but I really believe it's in it. it's also racist. Yeah. Well, I also was thinking earlier today, like, <sighs> what if Julia Roberts' character was a black woman? Mm-hmm. How different would this movie be? Because mm-hmm. then it's also the thing that is often because a thing. Because the in, character would be vilified. Sorry. Yeah, you no, go. I'm sorry. But that's also a thing. It happens not just in movies, but also in real life, yeah. where a black woman says anything, and then they're like, why is this black woman yelling at this white woman who never did anything? And it's like, the, the, it's just the it, white woman gets to play, and I say this as a white woman, because uh, it also pisses me off when white women are like, white women are exhausting. It's like, you're still part of it, bitch. We're still part of it, okay? Yeah. Anyway, but white women get to call, um, are allowed to are allowed to play the victim when they are often complicit in a lot of very negative, horrifying things. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's why I think the hair comment is so insidious mm-hmm. because it it distinctly says. You are an other. You don't look like me. You don't deserve the same things that I have. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so terrible. Yeah. Um, but they end up making up, go to the wedding, they get married. Woohoo, whoopty fucking do. And Julia gives like a toast where she's like, I know you guys don't have a song, but until then you can use this one. And it's the song she 
and um, Michael had considered their song. Yeah, and it's a pretty romantic song. It's The Way You Look Tonight. I think it's a great song. It's pretty. Anyway, oh, also she's wearing this like lavender dress. She looks great. Oh my God. And then she gets a call from George and he's like, God, I can picture you now just sitting and, and he starts describing her in detail and it turns out George is there and he's there to just dance with her at the wedding. And the and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Which is, first of all, George, such a good friend. George goes above and beyond for this, essentially his employee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, God. But Melanie, I have a question for you. Yeah. Was this movie romantic? I don't think so. And I think it's intentionally kind of not. It's like... Yeah, it's, it's anti-romance. Yeah. Almost. Which is sort of the point. Um, but yeah, was it sexy? I don't think so. Do you think so? No. I didn't. No. I didn't like, look, did Julia look incredible? Yeah. Always. But it, it, it wasn't like, oh. <laughs> this movie didn't make me feel the need to make out. That's yeah. my barometer. Yes. It's for a great sexy, barometer. Do I want to make out after watching it? Yes, no. no. Romantic, do I, am I rooting for the main characters to get together? And I was not. No, no. But uh, if, like, just tangentially for a moment. Don't go for it. Like, this movie is like on a this really. Podcast? Yeah. <laughs> We've never gone on any tangents before. Mm-hmm. This movie is actually like a really important movie in like the Mel canon. Oh. And it I saw it when I was in like middle school with my my best friend from childhood cuz mm-hmm. she's got a bunch of older sisters so we watched all those movies with her sisters. Mm-hmm. I don't have any sisters, so. <laughs> but she's anyway, not like other girls. I'm not like other girls. She's never met another woman. <laughs> but <laughs> but this movie really resonated with me growing up because I tended to be the girl who had feelings and like reciprocated feelings with a really close male friend and then would kind of get schmooped out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And that's happened to me multiple times in my life, especially in high school and college. And so this movie really resonated with me and I really got, I really felt like I understood Julia Roberts character because I was like, she just wants to be seen by the one person she wants to be seen by. And like, it doesn't excuse the behavior and that's not a way I would ever behave. But it also made me feel like in my like teenagers, like, Oh, I'm going to be alone forever. And I'm going to have to watch someone that I love marry someone else. So that this has been a movie that's like, I've watched it many, many times. No, Melanie. But well, but that's why I think it didn't make me as upset as it made you. And also, I didn't cry when I watched it this time, which I think means I've had a lot of personal growth. You know what that is? That's called growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah. Now we also, just have to tackle a bunch of other movies that make me cry. Yeah. Also, I want to say this because I love you and you're my friend. A lot of people love you. Many people. Many, many of them. Man. And that we, came out weird. That came out weird. That we came have out weird. just we've discovered through many conversations over uh, the quarry core during the pandemic uh-huh. that um, many male friends of mine have been into me, and oh I have God. been completely oblivious. Dude, Melanie, I'm is, hot shit. Melanie is it. <laughs> All right. Hello, boys. In the immortal words of Sarah Jessica Parker, I'm boys sorry. will love me. I. From Hocus Pocus. Okay, good, good. Okay. Anyway, 
Uh, we still have some more questions to get through. We do. We have the most important question of all. Oh my god! You're right. Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Do you have one that you want to do first, babe? No. I don't think I have one yet. Do you have one? Um, I think I might. Okay. Okay. We're gonna go. We're gonna go with Julia Roberts, Jules, Mm -hmm. Kimmy, Michael. Mm -hmm. Oy, oy, oy. Right? Okay. Uh... I would kill Michael. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I would fuck Jules and I would marry Kimmy. That's the correct answer. That is also my Kimmy answer. Kimmy and as I well. would have a great life together. Also, because I want her to finish school. Right. Kimmy gets to finish school. We can get married later, but we're gonna have a great life together. Yeah, and Julia Roberts obviously has commitment issues, so we know that means she's great in the sack. Oh my goodness. So it's an all or nothing deal. Yeah. Um Okay, I've got one for you. Talk to me. Okay. <laughs> George. Okay. Walter, Kimmy's dad. <laughs> or one of the slutty cousins. Oh, these are great. Okay. The thing is, I wouldn't want George to, I want George to have a full life. And if he's married to me... <laughs> We can have a good life. Maybe it's for like healthcare. Are you telling me you and George can't have a good life together? Because no, we that's could. False. I just want him to know that he can still um, fall in love, have sex, have whatever he wants with other men. So an open marriage. Open marriage. George and I have an open marriage. Okay. Although Kimmy's dad is a billionaire. Yeah. Huh. Who's the third one? The the slutty cousin. Oh, I do love the slutty cousin. We never learn their names. I do love the slutty cousins. The one whose uh, mouth gets stuck to the ice sculpture of Michelangelo's okay. David. Okay, unfortunately. Oh, you're right. I should. <laughs> and you can guess which anatomical part of the David she boom, gets stuck boom, to. Boom, boom, boom. His penis. I think I, I can't feel, even say that with a straight face. I feel like they got it. I feel like they knew what you were saying. Um, oh, this is a good one. Once again, Allie is confronted with fuck, Mary kill, and struggles. Um, <laughs> you do really struggle with this because I don't want to kill anybody. You have really. to choose. We do this every week. You have to choose. I'm gonna marry. Um, I'm gonna. Ooh, okay, okay, I got it. All right, I'm gonna marry George. And I'm going to fuck that old man (laughs) because he will fall in love with me and be like, I'll be the one where it's like, they're like, "Uh, Walter, what's this like expense you have every month? Like, why are you paying rent on some cottage by the beach? And he's like, no reason. It's an investment opportunity, but I live there. And (laughs) (laughs) okay. Okay. And unfortunately we are killing one of the slutty cousins. Oh, normally all about it. And in another life, we'd have had a time of our lives, but I got to look out for me, okay? Oh, wow. How about you? This is a tough one. Yeah. I think I would have a different answer, though. I would probably kill Walter mm-hmm. because I don't need his money. I know. Look, Actually, I don't need it, but he can give it to me. I, I don't want it. I don't want your waspy fucking money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would 
probably marry one of the slutty cousins because mm-hmm. I feel like we'd have a great fun life together. Mm-hmm. And I'd fuck George. I would probably be the one woman he has sex with before realizing he's gay mm-hmm. as shit. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be friends. Yeah. That's what I would do. That's lovely. Thank you. Um, Happy to help people realize their truth. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, Yeah, this was a good... Honestly, would you recommend this movie, Mel? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would, too. I think it's an interesting movie. Um, and it's, like, it's because it's kind of a... I know it's a comedy, but it's, like, there's kind of uh It's fucking dark. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, I would agree, a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. I would recommend this movie. I would say if it's something that you grew up watching... After listening to our critique, you may be viewing it with a different lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely did after watching it with you. Oh, huh. So, you know, do with that information what you will. But it's it's fun. It's funny. It's kind of sad. Julia and it's Roberts, got really attractive people in Julia it. Julia Roberts is a queen. Phenomenal actress. True I powerhouse. Could, I could watch her with, like, thin sunglasses, smoking... And yelling at men until the cows come home. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna watch Notting Hill at some point. Oh no. And I will say she has probably she wears an outfit in Notting Hill that had a profound effect on me as a child because I was really? like, oh, that's what I want to look like when I grow up. Oh no. Well, it's you could probably guess. Overalls. No. Oh. She wears a beret, a leather jacket, oh. and a crop top. Got and it. I was like, that's the look. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I was like, that's it. That's what you wear when you're a grown-up woman. Wow. <laughs> um, We've learned a lot about both of us today. This podcast is really about us <laughs> at a certain point. Yeah, it's the Mel. I mean, it's literally the Mel and Allie show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for coming and listening. Thank you so much. Really, we truly, and we hope you have a good time listening. We really we do. appreciate um, it. Please go ahead and check us out every week when we post a new episode. We post fun memes and announcements on our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to find news about the pod. Yes. Um, and again, we're now available not only on our website and Apple Podcasts, but mm-hmm. also on Google Podcasts and Spotify. So if you... Enjoy what you hear. If we made you ha 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 just a little bit, mm-hmm. please leave us a like and a review. Five stars if you can muster it. It really does help us with visibility. Also, tell your friends if you like it. Yeah, tell people about us. Please tell people about us. We're so funny. Can you talk about Other us? people need to hear how funny we are. Do you think about us like when we're not here? Give us a call. We think about you. We charge by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about whatever movie you want. Whatever movie you want to talk about, we'll talk about. We love talking about your favorite movie. I love movies. What's your favorite movie? Do you want to watch it together? Maybe. Call us. (laughs) This took a turn. You're welcome. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. So anyway. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Tiffer. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Tiffer. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, listeners. (laughs) Tiffer, now you have to do it. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Mel. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> and thank me. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, yeah, this has been You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Allie. And I have been Mel. Have a great day. Love you. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. 
Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous, as well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah. 